Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington Show. Sponsored by Created Equal. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you, you need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. You, you, you young people, it's your movement now. It's not your parents anymore. The blood that is shed cries out to God from the ground for justice. And now, here's Mark. Well, in 2016, we had the rise of the never-Trumpers, and I was one of those until the choice was binary between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Well, in 2020, we have pro-life evangelicals for Biden and other groups that say that the the Christian thing to do is to vote for Joe Biden or not vote at all. And we're going to be talking about that today on the Mark Harrington Show. And folks, you can find out more about the program by going to markharrington.org. I'm also streamed on my uh, public figure page as well as Created Equals YouTube page. You can pick us up on all the many podcast platforms. So we're going to be talking about today, and um, we're going to be talking about that with Seth Gruber. Seth is the the West Coast Director for Life Training Institute. Seth, thanks for being on the program. Absolutely, Mark. Good to talk with you, as always. So let's do this. Hey, uh, I I watched a little bit of the My Faith Votes podcast that you you and Scott Klusendor and uh, others uh, broadcast the other day on social media. I thought some of that was really good. So I thought, yeah, you know, I'll bring Seth on and we could talk about this. We've been talking about this, as you have on your own uh, podcast for weeks and months because of the election. This, you know, this is like the every four years we get this debate, you know, should Christians vote for the Democrat, should, you know, the Republican, whatever. And it seems like this year, I don't know, it just seems like there's more of it than normal. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm just I, I'm not sure. But anyway, we, we, we see this kind of rear its ugly head every four years, right, where Christians yep. can't get them to themselves to vote for the Republican or the Democrat. And they're all confused. And especially now with, with, with Donald Trump, you know, it brings up a whole nother set of issues. But right. there are a lot of folks out there, unfortunately, that are confused about all this and they don't know how to reason through it. And so we have this pro-life. Let's start with this. We have this pro-life evangelicals for Biden. Uh, you know, first of all, I think it's an oxymoron, but let's set that aside for right now. <laughs> yeah. You know about them. What What is the reasoning for evangelicals, pro-life evangelicals, at least the ones they give us, as to why they cannot vote for Donald Trump, but would cast a vote for Joe Biden? That's right, Mark. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, pro-life evangelicals for Biden. People were sharing the article of that new uh, woke organization and they thought it was from Babylon B because it certainly would have passed their requirements. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? Um, These people make a couple mistakes. Firstly, they, they confuse or conflate protection of life in the womb with quality of life outside the womb. 
and they mm -hmm. elevate the former um, with the, at the destruction of, or the latter at the destruction of the former. And so they claim that they're pro-life, right? They claim that it's actually their pro-life convictions that drive them to vote for Joe Biden because right. he's going to address a whole life perspective. Uh oh, here we go. Right. The redefinition Consistent of life. life. That's seamless exactly garment. Right. Yeah. Yep. And and this is this has wrought a lot of damage in American evangelicalism because it's actually led to more apathy from the very people we need on our side, the church. Right. Those mm -hmm. who are predisposed to protect freeborn children because we believe they're image bearers of God have actually been the group that have absorbed this redefinition of pro-life um, more so than any other. And it's leading to apathy because who could reasonably engage in ending all of the um, number of societal ills that they demand that we engage on? You know, you need to fight sex trafficking. You need to fight um, equal pay, universal health care, universal basic income, poverty open borders. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so it actually leads just to apathy because people shrug their shoulders and say, there's no way I can engage on all these things. So these, these, this, this pro-life evangelical, this woke progressive who still claims to follow Christ, but says, actually, it's my pro-life convictions that caused me to vote for Joe Biden, make a couple mistakes. Firstly, they assume that all of the Bible's commandments about loving the least of these, right, the widow, the orphan in distress, the, the little yeah. guy, those disadvantaged, that the best way to do that is having big daddy governments hand out checks. And it's mm -hmm. ridiculous. You will not find a single commandment in Scripture that requires the government to take personal responsibility to care for the least of these. Those are individual mandates for you as a follower of Christ. So they're actually shirking responsibility of their individual mandate to love the least of these. And that would be the unborn, would be the greatest example of the least of these um, in, in order to allow government to do it and then make themselves feel really good that they cast a vote for the least of these. So that's the first mistake they make. And then the second is that they do conflate these two things, protection of life in the womb with quality of life outside the womb. And that's why you hear these silly things like, what's the point of saving an unborn child if they're killed in the streets? So what, mm -hmm. abort them in the womb to spare them what might be a difficult life future? Who are you to predict that? Who are you to play right. God and determine the, what their life will be like after birth? And, and even, if it, even if you had a way to predict that it, it would be horrible, the solution is not to kill them in the womb. That's not compassionate. Um, so these people are actually not our friends. They're not our allies. And the way that we know that is because they insist, ready for this, as Tim Keller has insisted, that it was a moral wrong, that's the type of language they use, for Christians to opt out of the political process in the 1850s, simply to opt out, right? So these were the Christians who weren't voting for the Democratic Party, the Party of Slavery. They weren't voting for the Republican Party. They were opting out of the political process altogether. And these people insist that that was a moral wrong, which suggests that it would have been what, Mark? A greater moral wrong to vote for the Democratic mm -hmm. Party of the 1850s, the party of slavery. But abortion is wrong for the same reasons that slavery was wrong. In each case, we deny image bearers of God personhood and equal treatment under the law, and we dehumanize them in order to justify their mistreatment. And so these people are not our friends because they, they are not, as Hadley Ark says, possessed of a lively sense that there are real human beings getting killed in these surgeries. Because if exactly. they were possessed of that sense, they would demand the same political solutions to protect preborn image bearers that they say they, they would, would demand born. to protect the black image bearer of God in the 1850s. My guest is Seth Gruber. He's the West Coast Director of Life Training Institute, and you can find out more by going to SethGruber.com, and he also has a podcast called Unaborted with Seth Gruber. We're talking about the election, which is now less than two weeks away. 
And the question we have on the table is, can a Christian vote for Biden or can they vote for Trump or neither? I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about today. Uh, Seth, what I'd like to do here uh, real quickly, you know, one of the arguments that gets floated out there every four years again is that Democrat administrations reduce abortions uh, because they have the programs that assist the poor, supposedly, and that it's not necessarily the case that Republican administrations like Donald Trump or George W. Bush or others actually lead to the reductions of abortions across the, 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 uh, the country. Uh, what's wrong with that? Yeah, so this is one of the biggest myths being shared right now is that yeah. and this is this is the type of myth that these people, these pro-life evangelicals for Biden rely on um, in order That's to right. try to persuade fellow Americans. They say, actually, right, if you're pro-life, you would vote for Democrats because the studies mm -hmm. have shown that Democratic policies decrease abortions. And isn't that what you want? Don't you want less killed children? So there's a few problems with this. One, it's morally, it's morally irrelevant. And secondly, there's a, there's a statistical problem with this claim. So let's actually start with the latter. What's the problem with these statistics and studies? Um, well, if you actually look at the data, um, abortions have been decreasing across presidential um, administrations of both parties. And so they selectively say, like, well, look, it's it decreased under Democrats. Yeah, and then the next Republican president, it decreased, too. So, like, you're, you're mm -hmm. just picking data. You're cherry-picking it to make your position look more intellectually tenable. Um, when right. in fact, you're just a liar, right? Um, and then also what they always fail to point out is that um, under uh, Reagan, abortions actually decreased a lot more than other Republican presidents. And then mm -hmm. when Clinton came in, they, they credited him with, with massively decreasing abortion rates. But that, when Clinton came in, he stopped requiring the CDC to require states to report their abortion data. And guess right. which one of the states was that opt out of reporting their abortion data? Uh, California. Let me guess. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. exactly right. The largest. They perform a truckload of abortions, more so than any right. state in the country. So Clinton didn't even decrease the abortion rate at all. California just stopped reporting their data. And then Democrats said, look at us. We're actually pro-life. It's just, it's just ludicrous, right? Um, so th there's the statistical problem there. But secondly, it's morally irrelevant because we have to ask, what is the goal of the pro-life movement? Right. And pro-lifers. Is it to decrease abortion? No, it's not. It's to make, as, as you and I have said for years, Mark, to make abortion right. illegal and unthinkable. Both of those. Exactly. So all we have to do is ask, if, since that's the goal, again, if these pro-life evangelicals for Biden claim to truly be pro-life, then you have to want what the pro-life movement wants. <laughs> you have to want the same goals that we're trying to accomplish. And if you don't, then you're not pro-life. And anything you say otherwise is just a lie. So can Democrats, do Democrats want to make abortion illegal? Well, uh, insert laugh track. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, really exactly. part of their platform to protect it through all nine months of pregnancy funded by the public dole. And any major exactly. Democrat that's asked, do you support restrictions in the third trimester, will refuse to answer the question or say no. And then, of course, we know that only three Democrats in the Senate last year voted for the, the anti-infanticide bill, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act proposed by Ben Sass. Why do I bring that up? Listen, if you're not willing to condemn infanticide, why would you condemn third trimester abortions? So, no, right. of course, the Democratic Party doesn't want to make abortion illegal. Any, any, that's just hilarious. It's like a, it's just a joke. Now, do they want to make it unthinkable? Well, considering that they refer to abortion as reproductive justice, as Julian Castro has, and they call the procedure that kills children reproductive health care, and they call the unborn blobs of insensate tissue, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with no. So you can't make abortion um, unthinkable. If you support and vote for the party 
whose entire goal is to entrench fetal bigotry and euphemisms in the culture with the express intent of dehumanizing the victim class that they support killing. You can't restore yeah. personhood to that child or convince your fellow Americans that these children are children with human rights and value if you continue to talk about them in the same way that that same party talked about blacks and Nazis talked about Jews as less than fully human. So, of course, the Democratic Party doesn't want to make abortion illegal and unthinkable. So the claim that we should vote for them because their policies decrease abortion is completely morally irrelevant. And by the way, this is the same type of just ludicrous, euphemistic bigotry, Mark, that um, racist said about Lincoln and the Republican Party. And as you know, anyone who studies the history of social reform, particularly the civil rights movement and the abolitionist movement, the parallels between that time and now are just unreal, right? So racist Democrats, and this is hilarious, ready for this? You probably know this, but they would say things like, well, actually, it's actually the states that favor abolition that are seeing increased rates of racial tension and racial violence because Mm -hmm. these pesky anti-slavery Republicans are trying to restore personhood and legal protections to the slave. And you know what that's doing? That's creating tension amongst plantation owners who are very comfortable with owning human beings and treating them like cattle. And so it's the Republicans who favor abolition that are leading to increased racial tensions and incidences, incidents of racial hatred and hate crimes. So vote for Democrats in the party of slavery because we'll bring down the political tension and there will be less cases of, uh, of racial violence. It's the same type of thing that they say today, vote for us and you'll get less abortions. That's not our goal. We'll celebrate that when it happens, but our goal is to restore personhood to the preborn child, make their dismemberment illegal, and make and pass consequences if you kill image bearers of God. So those are the th- problems wrong with this vote for Democrats because you're a real pro-lifer if you do that. All right, my guest is Seth Gruber. Go to SethGruber.com, and you can check him out on his podcast at Unaborted with Seth Gruber. Seth, I want to switch gears here a little bit. Uh, a couple weeks ago, our former governor here, John Kasich, as you well know, he appeared at the uh, Democrat National Convention. He is supporting Joe Biden. What a, you know, what a, you know, revelation yeah. that is. He's a Democrat. <laughs> we all know it now. But he had a few things to say as to why. He supports Joe Biden, and he said that because he's a person of faith. If you would, Mr. Producer, go ahead and cue up that clip. I'd like to play that because this is the rationale that's been given to supporting Biden by a lot of other uh, evangelicals and Catholics. They they come to this understanding somehow that he's a person of faith. Go ahead and play that clip. Uh, Look, his history has been an ability to bring people together. That's the way it was when I was in Congress, when we balanced the budget, Mm. when we we were able to do welfare reform. And I think he he can restore civility. And I don't think he'll go hard left. I think he's a pretty tough guy. And so I'm comfortable uh, with the fact that, that, that he would be our leader. And uh, I expect he'll have Republicans that will be part of anything he does going forward. That's the way his, that's his nature. That's been his history. And he's a... Well, there you go. So he, he said, and, and by the way, Kamala Harris says she's a person of faith, too. Uh, <laughs> Joe Biden is a person of faith. Kamala Harris is a person of faith. But they believe in the wholesale slaughter of unborn babies. Uh, I don't know how this one passes the uh, the laugh test. I don't get it, but uh, a lot of people are taken in by it. That's right. So I actually covered John Kasich recently. I mean, oh gosh, not John Kasich. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, what a coward, right? Um, and and I awful. covered his recent comments in a recent uh, 
he's probably saying, Mark, is he, is he saying that the savable image bearers of God ought to be sacrificed on the altar of national unity? That's right. what he's saying. And he's been very That's clear exactly about it. Right. Joe Biden is a person who will bring us together. And in, in his comments to— um, Of course, he had 47 view, years in order to try to do that. It didn't work. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, he was on The View um, not, not that long ago, and, uh, and he was talking to Meghan McCain. And, you know, he made this point that, you know, while I'm pro-life, right, he, he says, I'm pro-life. I don't agree with Biden on that, but I agree with him on other things. And he's the one who's going to bring us together. Okay, right. translation, savable babies should be sacrificed on the altar of national unity. And if you're a person of faith and you put yourself under the authority of the word of God, then you would have to, one, you would have to acknowledge the, the intrinsic dignity of unborn children created in the image of God. So if that's what you believe as a person of faith, you're saying that image bearers of God ought to be sacrificed um, to mm-hmm. pursue national unity. Listen, there can be no national unity or peace in a that's country exactly that slaughters right. its own children, and they that's exactly right. justice. So John Kasich is a coward. John Kasich is uh, no different than John Roberts, who continues to stab the conservative movement in the back while pontificating mm-hmm. about how much they care about the little guy, um, fetuses not included in that. Um, so, but this is becoming very common, right? Is that, listen, we just need to uh, appease the left in order to pursue national unity. And, and this is what the left has been telling the conservative movement and pro-lifers. Hey, nice country you got there would be a bummer if it burned to the ground. So vote for us. And you're, you're hearing some conservatives say this, saying, oh, we, I, I think we might just vote for Biden because we really want this to stop. Yeah, if you treat your, parent, your toddlers like that when you parent them, they will turn into Antifa members. If, you, if right. your toddler's screaming at you and you give them more chocolate, you're a bad parent. And a lot of conservatives and fake pro-lifers like John Kasich now want to treat unborn children and the left in that way. It's to sacrifice savable children in order to pursue the appearance of national unity. And you know well, and the division was there long before Donald That's Trump right. arrived on the scene. I mean, it was long, long That's before right. that. The division is there. Trump just brought it to the surface. Uh, what That's I'd like right. to do here, let's talk about Donald Trump. I mean, I've, I shot you a uh, blog post by a guy named Matt Johnson. This is kind of just a retread of the old arguments as to why we can't vote for the lesser of two evils, so to speak. And there are evangelicals out there who will not vote for Donald Trump. They didn't vote for him in 2016. Uh, I just was with one of my best friends the other day, and he says he doesn't think he can vote for either because of Trump, because of the way he behaves, his character, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You know, I understand that. I had a hard time throwing the lever for the guy the first time. I'm not having any trouble with that this time because I think it's a, right. an issue of whether, you know, we go for full fledged tyranny or freedom and liberty. And, you know, in the life issue, exactly the abortion right. issues, obviously, first and foremost in my mind. But evangelicals, some of them anyway, still struggle with this, that they can't cast a vote for a man that's not morally perfect, I guess. Uh, if you would, let's address that, because, um, you know, I don't like the guy's tweets sometimes. I cringe a little bit at some of the things he says and does. Uh, He's not, you know, he's not the best, uh, you know, I wouldn't want my children to follow him in as far as his personal behavior. But we are not electing uh, uh, a spiritual leader. We're we're electing a political leader, and the platform is what matters. Uh, I don't think I can get through to my Christian friends on that one. They just have a thing that they cannot throw the lever for this man. Yeah. And, you know, this is a very this is a relatively newer um, sense um, within our country um, that somehow you have to like 
you have to yeah. like the politician that you're voting for, that somehow you have to right. as them as a moral leader. Listen, as my friend right. Jack Hibbs says, Pastor Calvary Chapuccino Hills, Jesus Christ is coming on Air Force One. All right, so you're, you're going to be voting <laughs> for a, a sinner either way. And this, this very silly sense that, um, that, especially coming from Christians, that, again, we should sacrifice savable unborn children and allow mm-hmm. the Democratic Party to target children outside the womb mm-hmm. um, in order to, um, to vote for the appearance of unity is actually quite evil. I mean, listen, when you dehumanize children in the womb, you'll have no problem targeting them outside the womb. And that's right. become overwhelmingly clear with the Democratic Party, hasn't it, Mark? What did Joe Biden just yeah. say at his ridiculous softball town hall where basically the moderator was asking his favorite flavor of ice cream the whole time? He's going to codify um, Roe v. Wade into law. Right. But he also said regarding a mother who said, my eight-year-old boy thinks that he's a girl. Um, what are you going to do about his rights, her rights, yeah. her rights? What the heck are you talking about? These are people. Yeah. Who, these are children who can't even get painkillers without their parents approving of it. These are children who think that they're literally Batman. And they ask you to call them Batman. And, but because they think you're a girl, you, they have civil rights. Well, let me tell you what that means. When Joe Biden said that he will protect these children's rights, he means that the government will step in and remove your children from you. If they think that they're the other gender and you, your parent says, no, Timmy, you're not a girl. Um, let me talk to you about how God made you. That's what he's saying. So look, a party that dehumanizes children in the womb and literally kills them is fine with targeting children outside the womb. Now, why do I make that brief aside? Any Christian who's willing to vote for that is, is imperiling their soul. Any Christian who votes for that has literally unborn blood on their hands um, and, yeah. the, and the destruction of toddlers' souls on their hands as well. This is deeply evil stuff. Um, listen, so say, so, hey, listen, we got, a, we got a couple minutes left here. Let me, let me jump into a couple real quick questions for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, is, I'm a single-issue voter. I think you are as well. Why is that st- the right thing to do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because the right to life is the most fundamental right, right? If we don't exactly. get the right to life right, we don't get any rights right. And we're watching this play out in real time, Mark. Uh, governors and, and mayors through their draconian policies ignoring the national rights for the property, telling Americans they don't have the right to freely associate where they choose or to run their businesses in accordance with their best judgment, that they don't have the right to have their businesses protected from mobs who think America's evil and are burning our country to the ground. Well, it's interesting that they're ignoring natural rights to property and liberty, maybe because 48 years ago, they decided that the first and most important of all rights could be ignored and denied to 63 million unborn children. So we should not be surprised that same government ignores every other right that flows from that first and most important of all rights. That's mm-hmm. why the right to life is fundamental. It's an intrinsic evil. It's not a contingent evil like war, right, which may or may not be evil. It is intrinsic. It's evil in and of itself. And what about this one? Uh, voting for the lesser of two evils is still evil. <laughs> I mean, Try that look, one out. Pol- pol- politics is the art of the possible. Politics is right. how we debate ideas and, and, and discuss self-governance. Listen, we, the people, we are um, the um, our political power is in the hands of the people. That's what that means. Uh, we're the most mm-hmm. incredible, exceptional government in, in human history because we get to right. shape our own politics and how we want to live and debate these ideas. And so that means we have a civic duty. Listen, God tells the Israelites to seek the good of the city where I put you into exile. And people say, oh, well, that was about the Israelites. Yes, well, we are also exiles in this land for our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior. So like the Israelites, we should seek the good of the city or the country that we find ourselves in. But you can't seek the good of America while voting for the party that kills its own children and denies all the other rights that flows from the right to life. And James also tells us whoever knows the right thing to do but fails to do it, for him it is sin. It is a sin to not use your political voice 
that others bled and died to give you to protect the innocents among us. So, of course, we should be single-issue voters because the right to life trumps all other rights. All right, and let's finish up with these two. Can a Christian vote for Biden with a good conscience? Oh, they might trick themselves into believing that they have a good conscience. Absolutely. In fact, I'm watching lots of uh, quote-unquote Christian friends that I graduated from college with came in as conservatives with me and left flaming leftists because I went to a garbage Christian college uh, who are voting for him not just in good conscience but celebratorily. I mean, they are very excited to do it. Um, And these people are not our friends. They don't believe that the unborn child should be protected um, by our laws. Uh, And so, listen, I can't judge someone's salvation. Uh, we are all sinners and Christ can save us. But listen, if you, if you, you cannot continue in that way, just like I can't continue to say I'm a Christian to love the Lord um, and, uh, you know, sleep with prostitutes. I mean, you can't continue to live in sin. You can't continue to vote for the party of abortion and say you're a Christian. That ha- those have to be separated. Um, so can someone be a Christian and vote for Biden? Sure, someone can be a Christian, but they better repent of that. They better repent right. of that and turn away, because otherwise you're going to have to stand before God and give an account as to how you used your political voice in the freest country in the world to expand the party committed to the slaughter of 63 million innocent human beings. So last question here, Seth, uh, is what about those, and this is my friend that I was talking about the other day, who can't throw the lever for either one? What do you think of that? I mean, obviously, it's not as bad as voting for Biden, but it certainly doesn't help the pro-life cause by staying so-called neutral. How do you handle that one? You got about 30 seconds. These people care more (laughs) about the perceived purity of their conscience than they do of their political and civic duty to protect the innocent among us. They're going to maintain the uh, the veneer of their, their purity and perfection because I could violate my conscience. Yeah, well, your conscience is allowing for the slaughter of innocent human beings because the left understands their political duty to engage and go to the polls and vote for evil. And Christians need to abandon their concern over partisan labels in order to engage in the political work necessary to protect preborn image bearers of God. If you waste your vote on someone who will not become president, um, you are aiding and abetting the party committed to the slaughter of innocent human beings because you're not using your voice to vote for the only party reasonably situated to protect the preborn. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. Seth Gruber's been my guest. You can go to SethGruber.com and check him out on his podcast at Unaborted with Seth Gruber. Seth, thanks for being on the program today. Thank you, Mark. Keep up the good work. All right, we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil plague in America, Call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.